Hi, guys, and welcome back to the Brando and Joe podcast. Today's guest is Dr. Ben Butina. He received his PhD from North Central University, currently works as a director for ASPCA in instructional design and delivery, and hosts his very own IO podcast called The Department 12. Welcome, Dr. Butina. Hey, thanks, guys. It's great to talk to you. Thanks for joining us today. We're excited that it's our first person uh, to come on that has their own podcast. Uh, <laughs> and for our, our listeners, we actually asked uh, Dr. Butina a couple of questions like prior to opening up our own podcast about like best tips and stuff like that. It's super helpful getting us started. Yeah, I've been listening to the show and uh, really impressed with the progress you've made. Uh, we were talking a little bit before we got started today, but um, just really liking it. I love the last episode, uh, the interview with Dr. Alexis Fink. Um, yeah, I just really love what you're doing. So I'm happy to be here. Thank you. No, we really do appreciate that. That means so much, especially coming from a seasoned pro like you. Uh, and that kind of leads us to our uh, topic today. So as somebody who has done a podcast and as people who are currently working on podcasts, we wanted to talk to you a little bit about the process of working on a podcast and like what your ultimate goal was when you started yours. Sure. You know, when I started the podcast, um, my goal was different than it is today. Uh, when I started, it was really out of a sense of kind of isolation. Uh, so I finished my, or I got my PhD uh, online because that's pretty much the only practical option I had. So I wasn't surrounded by, you know, other students or faculty uh, who were, you know, also interested in IO psychology. And I wanted to find a way to talk to them. And a podcast seemed to be a pretty good way to do that. The second reason I started it is that I was looking for an IO psych podcast and I couldn't find one. I just don't think anyone had made one before I thought to do that. Um, so I started doing that. And uh, I will say that my motivations kind of changed over the years because that sense of isolation has really, you know, dissipated. Uh, I have a lot of good connections in this field, a lot of great people in this field. Um, so I don't really need to scratch that particular itch anymore. But over time, the show has just evolved so that, you know, I'm getting emails from people now entering graduate school who were listening to the show when they were an undergraduate saying, hey, you know, you really influenced me to enroll in an IO psych grad program. Um, and I've had, you know, enough of those kinds of emails that it's really, really encouraging. And I know that it's bringing some value uh, for the audience out there beyond the value it's bringing for me. So. Yeah, that, that's great. Um, would you say, have you seen an uptick in like any other IO psych podcast pop up? Because I think we, I did a little research too before starting this one. And I had the same like feeling. I was like, wow, I'm not really finding a lot of podcasts on a field that might not be as big um, as we make it out to be. But, you know, it's definitely, it's still known. Yeah, I mean, it's it's our world, right? So it seems very big. But um, as far as psychology subdisciplines go, there aren't that many of us. Um, and we're, you know, kind of spread out. There's concentrations in places like, you know, New York, Boston, where you're at right now, um, Washington, D.C., and a few others. But other than that, we're, we're kind of spread out. Um, we're not as well understood or well known as most other kinds of psychologists, like clinical psychologists or, you know, experimental or social psychologists. Um, so I think what we sort of have going for us is this long-term kind of... Um, uh, like underdog mentality that we're always sort of fighting for recognition and fighting for others to know who we are and what we do. 
Uh, and it feels like it has been a part of the, the culture for at least as long as I've been involved in it. Yeah, no, we, um, and it, w- it will be kind of interesting too, because as we've stepped into this field, we've met a lot of people and people are now starting to try and go down this avenue as well of like trying to find and create podcasts to create some content because we are those underdog mentality types <laughs> and to kind of yeah. try and find somebody out there who can listen and get the voice out there is really important. We've been finding some value in that. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, absolutely. And to, to more directly answer the question that you asked earlier, yeah, I have definitely seen an uptick in iOSyc podcasts. It's still not, you know, we're not going to get the kind of numbers that you get for serial or, you know, something designed for a general audience, but uh, the number of podcasts and the number of just really good quality podcasts has, has really increased. I mean, I, listen to them as much as I can. Uh, as you can imagine, sometimes you need a break from this stuff. Um, but, you know, I, I think it's really grown and I've been pleased to see the change in formats. Um, you know, your show is focused more on students. Um, mine is more of a general. There's others that are reaching out to, you know, lay people, non-IO folks. Um, it's been great to see. And I think there's still more formats to, to explore. You know, I think debate is a great format that hasn't been done in podcasts yet at least as far as IO psychology goes. Uh, movie commentary, uh, I have seen a few uh, folks doing that. It looks like a lot of fun, but there's probably a lot of concepts we could explain through through movie commentary and sort of keeping things fun and light. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think there's just still so much unexplored potential out there, uh, both within and without uh, the IO psych community for, for new kinds of podcasts. I've never thought about like a, like a movie commentary sort of format. You mean just like pointing out IO principles within like popular pop culture? Yeah. Um, so, you know, sort of analogous to what, you know, you talked to Dr. Sai Islam a few episodes back about mm-hmm. uh, the Marvel work uh, that he's done and um, Dr. Mike Urich and others have been working on. Uh, but yeah, the, the same kind of principle. You could take a movie like Office Space, which isn't you know very current popular culture, but is still surprisingly relevant when you watch it. You know, you could explain an awful lot about IO psychology just commenting on that movie scene by scene, and it would be a heck of a lot more fun way to learn about some of these topics than the way we go about it. Yeah, no, I I like that too because I feel like things. I know one thing that put IO psychology on the map was that show Billions. Like everybody talks about that show and about the like one IO psychologist who's on there. We literally just talked about it today with yeah. Dr. Islam on the ferry. That's so funny you brought that up. <laughs> I have no idea so, about this. Oh yeah. So there's like, there's a resident in-house IO psychologist on that, in that show. And whether you can like, whether you've seen it or not, mm-hmm. like I definitely, I've only like seen part of an episode, but when people ask what I'm trying to do in grad school, I'm just know. like, I reference that and now everybody knows what I'm trying to do. Like it just Perfect. makes it make sense for them. <laughs> it's taken so long to get to that point, but it's great that we have somebody we can point to. Now you've seen the show? I, I only watched like half of one episode. I wanted <laughs> okay. to get into it. I, I believe it was on HBO, but I'd have to double check that. And so I like I didn't have a subscription at the time, so I just watched with like a friend and okay. then did, I'm gonna have to check that out. I'd love out. to know whether the the character does anything that, you know whether it aligns with what we really do. <laughs> yeah, it might be glorified a little bit, but we'll, we'll find out. We'll watch it too. We can, we can do some commentary on it maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Pretty cool. Like 
special special episode, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Over the summer. Um, it is it is cool though. We it would be fun to see more like IO in in like entertainment and pop culture. We'd have to like turn the podcast into a reality TV show. <laughs> Each episode is like a new is like a new uh, theme in IO, which is like a leadership episode. <laughs> a day going through the cohort, basically, just like Ooh. a day in the life as a grad school student. I think oh, yeah. that would be very interesting. <laughs> it would take a lot of editing to pull that off, but it would be it would be interesting. Oh, I love the idea of sort of an audio documentary that, that follows a student or or maybe, a, you know, somebody that's in the field uh, through a day. I think that could be really interesting. Uh, another sort of angle I've thought through on this is even more of an audience is we know we struggle communicating that we exist, uh, especially to younger people. Um, many people that I interview on my show, I ask them, well, how did you get into IO psychology in the first place? And almost always they say, well, I started out in clinical psych or I was started out in business. And then I just kind of find out, found out about IO psychology almost by accident, maybe when I was a junior or a senior. And, and that's sort of what you turn for them. So, you know, one of the audiences that it would be great to reach is younger people just to let them know that we exist. And a show that I always thought would be fascinating would be like a show geared for, um, you know, like maybe 10 to 13 year olds that is about like the world of work, like a different job every week. So to kind of build on that documentary idea that you shared, you know, interview a couple of people that do this specific job. Let's say it's something um, unusual, like funeral director. Uh, so you interview a couple of funeral directors, ask them, what do you like about the job? What don't you like about the job? Um, use some of those job analysis skills, maybe even call the show job analysis. Um, but, you know, every week or every month or whatever your release schedule is, it would be cool to have an episode that kids and parents could listen to together to learn about like possible jobs in the future or careers uh, that would be actually fun and not kind of preachy. Um, and, you know, that would be a way to introduce kids to, oh, yeah, and the, the people or the person doing this is, is something called an IO psychologist who looks like, a I don't know, a work psychologist. Um, that, that would be an interesting way, I think. I feel like we're just listing off a bunch of like, billion dollar ideas over here just <laughs> for our listeners out there are going to listen and somebody's going to put this into action hopefully but no it's it's cool too because i feel like a lot of people when they're young like i've talked to a lot of people and they've all said that the reason why they became an io psychologist is they know how important work is to individuals and they want to try and increase the enjoyment that these individuals get at that part of their life and like some people who are young might have that same desire and not know that this field exists so they'll go into like something else, whether that be business or they go into management because they're like, I want to manage people and make sure their lives are better. Um, and I feel like IO is such a untapped potential field for that same reason because so many people want that. Yeah, that's such a great point. Um, when you think about the average person and, and how much of their life they're going to spend at work, uh, it's more than any other waking activity. You know, it's probably more than anything other than sleep. Uh, this is what we're going to spend most of our lives doing is working. Uh, and so anything that we can do to make that experience of work better is going to increase the quality of life for everyone. Uh, and that is an exciting prospect. Um, it's discouraging that um, given how important work is uh, and career is to most people that our little subfield of, of uh, IO psychology mostly gets ignored in intro psych textbooks. 
Um, I was once upon a time part of the um, Getting IO into Intro Psych Textbooks Task Force uh, over at SciUp. Um, and that, you know, the name of the, the task force is exactly what we were trying to do. Um, and, you know, we made some progress. Well, I believe Dr. Salter was in that too, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so we did make some good progress with that team, but um, it's still kind of baffling um, that this subfield that deals with something that's so important uh, and plays such a big role in people's lives, you know, can't even get a chapter in an intro psych textbook or, you know, even one of those sidebars. Um, but you raised just a really good point that work is really important. And even if work is not uh, in itself all that interesting to you, the, the spillover effects from work to your life outside of work and vice versa are, you know, intricate, interesting. And to your point, if you're trying to make life better, it's a really good place to try. It's, it's a lot of leverage if you're looking at work. No, yeah, you, you, I want, you made an interesting point before too about like getting them into textbooks to get students to know about it. And then especially like younger kids not even really knowing much about jobs. Um, when we look at our analytics, it's mostly people 22 and older, which I understand whether it's grad students listening to mm -hmm. it or about people right about to apply to grad school. Um, but just getting students and young kids just in the knowledge of IO, I think would just, I mean, it would have saved me a headache so so much and i know if it saved me a headache it would have saved other people just knowing that other field about psychology that is still dealing with helping people but in re in regards to like clinical or school um it can be so different and just knowing that io psychology was out there would have just made things a whole lot better <laughs> um i guess we're glad that we found our way here um yeah amen. But I, I like i liked your idea <laughs> i like your idea of uh like uh, whether it's like through TV shows or like maybe trying to get people with younger kids, not uh, like younger adults listen to like the podcast. Um, but I'm, I wonder what other ways we could get like high schoolers besides the intro to psych textbook. So we know that's tough enough as it is, <laughs> uh, but just get the word of IO out there. Like, I don't think I've ever even heard of like an IO style high school course. Um, there are some, I mean, the interesting thing is at my high school, uh, psychology wasn't even required so i didn't take any like psychology courses like they had an ap psych course but you didn't have to take it oh, okay so uh, the idea of psychology itself needs to grow with the idea of io almost and maybe that's just because i'm from nevada you know they do things different over there but <laughs> <laughs> so uh another uh another way that we can reach students at that uh, age is to reach out to their teachers. Um, one of the things we found during that, that task force or, um, you know, while we were working on the task force was that there were a lot of teachers and instructors who really wanted to teach some IO psychology, uh, but they didn't feel confident that they knew how to do it. Um, and so a lot of resources were developed to try to help them. Uh, one that, that I worked on, um, it's called the Introduction to IO Psychology mini course. Uh, and anyone that would like to take that, or if you're an instructor and would like to use it in your course, you can find it at uh, www.department12.com. Uh, and it's free for, for anyone to use. Uh, it will generate sort of a certificate. So if you want to assign it as an assignment or an extra credit, a lot of instructors do that. You can do that. But it's an online course. It takes about a half hour. Um, it was 
written the content of it was written by other people so i can't take any credit for that but i more or less just brought it into this format and gave people a way to get to it and uh, since we started it's been completed by 8230 students i've just checked it right now oh that's awesome oh, wow. congratulations congrats yeah and most of those are at colleges but i would say you know maybe a quarter of them or a little less are at high schools so this is getting picked up at you know psych classes and AP psych classes in high schools. So that's another way to, to do that is just to recognize that most of their teachers aren't going to have any background in this. Um, and so if we want them to be able to share, we have to equip those teachers as well. That's, that's a very good point, Ben, because when you're talking about providing them with material, a lot of the times, like, just like these kids can't get the material, neither can the teachers. So providing not just the children with that opportunity, but providing the teachers with it to maybe pass that message along. Because one kid gets the message to one person, but one teacher gets that message to an entire class. So I feel like you just brought up an amazing point about like getting the resources for them to learn it. So with that too, like I wanted to ask you, as somebody who has been going through this, trying to grow IO, Joe and I have been working on trying to grow the field. When looking at these methods, what personally have you seen that's the most effective aside from that relational aspect that we were talking about or all these other unique ways? Like what ways have you seen that's like the most effective? Well, it's a hard question to answer because, you know, I can talk anecdotally, but I only see a very small piece of the whole picture. Um, and so I, I think the research is probably a better place to go to see what's been most effective. But one of the things I've found that is just not effective <laughs> Um, is, you know, our general way of going about communicating science is based on something called the information deficit model. Um, and that is just a fancy, you know, model for the idea that, hey, other people don't agree with us about these things because they don't understand. If they knew what we knew, then they would agree with us. And so uh, the approach based on that is, well, we're just going to tell those other people what we know. Um, and then when they understand it, hopefully they'll agree with us. And the thing about the information deficit model is that it mostly doesn't work. Um, you know, there's a lot of research that's been done on science communication and, you know, they've mostly found that it's just not effective. Sometimes it's even, you know, counter-effective. People end up more entrenched in their views than they were before. And that's sort of the predominant way I see a lot of biopsychologists interacting um, in the world, um, as if the only thing that um, makes someone not agree with them is that they just don't have the right information. So we just need to, you know, break it down to the seventh grade reading level and then share it with them and then they'll agree with us. Um, so I think approaches that are more collaborative that start by reaching out to the other person and figuring out their perspective um, and then sharing your perspective as an equal rather than, you know, touting it as an expert is what the research shows us is more effective way to do it. Uh, I think the frustrating thing for people about that is that sometimes you don't get to see the good results right away. You just plant a seed and kind of walk away and, and hope that it you know takes root at some point. Yeah. Like when you're talking about that, like that really makes me think about some potential ways. I know that we've had guests on and we've talked with so many people about the idea of, talking about things maybe in layman's terms and as IO psychologists, especially ones that are internal and not working with a lot of other IO psychologists, that's what their jobs predominantly 
like look like on a daily basis. I'm just wondering, like, have you found any material that's maybe co-authored with somebody who might be a manager and somebody who's an IO psychologist that kind of finds that middle ground? Because I'm thinking about that and I think that would be a great way to start. You know, I'm almost sure that I have, but the name escapes me. Uh, but the idea of a book where it's co-authored by, you know, an academic or a practitioner, I think is a fantastic idea. Um, another, <laughs> another kind of random podcast idea I've had at one point is, is just called Mind the Gap, where we take an academic who focuses on a, a topic like, let's say, you know, organizational citizenship behavior. And then we get a practitioner who, who's actually out in the field working, um, trying to figure out how to apply that research in the real world and get them together to talk about uh, the research, about the applications, share their perspectives. So they understand where each of them is coming from. Uh, that, you know, and it doesn't have to be a podcast. It could just as well be a, a YouTube series, um, a series of videos on, you know, TikTok, Insta Reels, whatever the next thing is going to be. Um, I think that kind of content is probably more appealing to most people than, um, you know, just sort of dry presentation of facts. Here's, here's who we are and here's what we do. I, I think another great example of that is Dr. Lisa Kath, uh, who does the memes. You know, she does IO psych memes and they're really good. And I think over time she's gotten even better at it. And so it's, it's something that a lot of people react to, um, even if they weren't aware of IO psych before. So innovative ideas like that, I think, to just sort of put our nose in, in new territory. That'd be a great series, like a Mind the Gap. I, I feel like I'd watch that. I definitely would watch that. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, let us know if you get that up and running. I'll be the first, the first listener. It's um, a lack of free time that gets in the way now. <laughs> yeah, because um, I know we were talking about people not really knowing about IO, especially like high schoolers and younger people. Um, and you brought up an interesting point about like TikTok and like social media. Would you think that would be like a way to get more people involved in the field of IO is like utilizing those um, other forms, social media? Because I know we we do the podcast and we have Instagram and Twitter, which we're slowly, slowly growing. <laughs> um, but it, and it's, a, it's an idea that popped into our head was like, like uh, if you're on like TikTok or reels. what do they call it? Like Instagram, Instagram reels, reels yeah. or uh, um, shorts or whatever, whatever they're called. If you can't tell, I run the Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> as if you can't tell, I'm not a huge, but still learning social media as I go. Um, but uh, it seems like those are like, all the hype now and i wonder if you know not maybe not instead but just on top of like a regular oh, yeah. podcast episode is like you know a 30 second video like job analysis blah blah this is this is what it is this is what you like to do and i wonder how that would even work yeah so i think the platforms and there are io psych folks out on on each of those platforms if you do the the hashtag search there's some good content out there it can give you some ideas of, of what you could do i think though that it's our traditional way of approaching these things is okay here's this new platform so let's just take what we want to say and figure out how to make it and shove it into this new format but the formats themselves have certain you know expectations and standards and that kind of thing so you know, TikTok, for example, or Instagram Reels, which is pretty close to TikTok, frankly, and, and so is YouTube Shorts for that matter. Um, you know, it's about humor for the most part. Sometimes it's about music or something else, but usually it's about humor. So uh, if I were going into one of those platforms, I'd look at what is it that's actually succeeding there. Um, so 
what could we do to make iOSake funny? You know, most of those concepts that we learn, we can think of funny examples of it or extreme examples of it. You could make sketches around it, uh, for example, something like that. But I think you need some kind of hook other than, hey, we're iOSake and you should pay attention to us. I, I call that like the eat your vegetables kind of pitch, you know. We can talk to her blue in the face about all the vitamins and what's going to happen if you don't eat your vegetables, but it's not very persuasive. Um, we, we need to put, you know, a little sugar on it. <laughs> Short dramatic films featuring bio pros. <laughs> or, or, you know, little clips from movies. Um, I don't know how that works with copyright, honestly, but, you know, there are examples from movies, even if they aren't work related, that you could use in a funny way to illustrate certain concepts. Um, uh, yeah, but absolutely, I think social media and whatever is next is what I'm looking for. Um, you know, TikTok's probably peaked out and with all the controversy around it, I don't know where it's going, but short, uh, short form f videos seem to be huge right now. But I'm wondering, um, what is that next thing? Because for a, the longest time, it was just plain text or pictures of your kids or whatever. And then it became sort of professional looking short videos. And now I'm just wondering what the next content frontier is. Whatever shortens our attention spans even more. Yeah. I don't know how you can get shorter than those like five second small videos. That's a fact. Um, yeah, but I, it will be interesting to see. I, I know there's like TikTok is already getting banned, I think, in some states, right? Um, yeah, I think I so. Maybe that. it is like Instagram Reels, or um, I mean, you know, honestly, I bet there will be some some new app that'll come out in the next couple of years that'll just like take everyone by storm. That's how it goes. Yeah, I think. I mean the the obvious sort of contender here is is VR or AR, um, but it's been interesting to follow that because you know there were a couple of years where it was really exploding in terms of you know getting to like say the Quest Two being a consumer model VR headset. And now it just feels like it's fizzled out a little bit. Um, but I would think that the next, maybe the next step in social media is, is really more immersive. Um, something VR or AR related where there's some sense of embodiment in, in some environment. Um, and how we can use that to, to promote IOSYC, I don't know yet. But <laughs> That's a crazy idea. Immersive social media. <laughs> I mean, it could be like throwing you into a toxic work environment <laughs> virtually. <laughs> Your 15-year-old well, yeah, high school. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's one example. Another would be like, um, you know, as like, you know, I'm a middle-aged white guy, right? So I've, I've experienced very few microaggressions in my life, right? So what would it be like for me if I did? Well, a VR sort of scenario that takes me through that and, and sort of adds in some microaggression so I can see what that feels like. Well, that might help me understand things a little bit better. That might make me be a little more sympathetic and empathetic to, to others. I think there's lots of stuff like that, um, work-related or not, that's got some potential in VR. But for some reason, it's just, I don't know, feels like it's stalled, uh, but we'll see where it goes. That's a that's a actually great idea, Ben. Uh, but I do want to uh, leave you here with one more question to just give to our audience as we talk about their, these students out there who are trying to get get their idea on IO psychology. What's mm -hmm. your one bit of advice for them out there? Don't be afraid of statistics. Uh, it's probably the number one thing that, that holds people back from applying to higher level program or even entering into it as a major because they know that, you know, statistics are a big part of what we do. 
I was intimidated by that as well. Um, but what you need to know is that once you learn it, you will love how useful it is. Um, I'm not a person that anyone would ever have said in the past that I was like a, a math lover, but I love statistics because they are so useful. Um, and the resources available to help you um, get over that, um, to, to present the same concepts in different ways than maybe your instructor or your textbook does out on YouTube, out on other platforms is just better than it's ever been. So you have, you know, a better chance of getting over that statistics um, hurdle than anybody has in the history of the world. So go for it. Don't let it scare you. You can get through it. I 100% agree. I know like the first statistics course that I took, I was like, oh, oh no, like, what is this? But it's one of those things that once you get and once you start learning more about that, it just connects and then you're like, oh, I understand mm -hmm. this. And then you read um, papers and you understand the methods and results sections and you're like, everything's starting to fit. And you're like, wow, how did I like not know this stuff before, especially being a psych student? So it really is a great piece of advice. Yeah. It's almost like the magic eye that was big back in the nineties where he, all of a sudden the, the image would emerge off of this sort of poster in front of you. There were, there used to be these big mall kiosks where they would be sold. In any case, um, <laughs> you probably don't need to get into magic eye except to say that once you understand statistics, it kind of changes the way you see the world around you, uh, the way you read articles online or on papers and magazines, um, because you just, you understand a lot more of what you're seeing. So yeah, lean in on the stats. Absolutely. That's great advice. Thanks for, uh, Thanks for sharing with everything uh, that you've learned so far, Ben. Um, we love to having you on the podcast, uh, and hopefully, IO skyrockets after this episode is published. <laughs> yeah, and maybe all these ideas but. that we workshopped over here might end up <laughs> might end up coming out. And it's awesome that you were able to sit with us in the beginning and now come here and watch it come to fruition. We really appreciate you giving us some of your time. Well, thank you so much for having me on the show. It was great. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Ben. Thank you, Ben. So that was a pretty cool uh, episode, Growing I.O. That was like uh, the first time we ever really thought about like that idea of like talking about it. But when you really think about it, uh, it's super prevalent and important to discuss. Uh, and who better to have than Ben <laughs> with his I.O. podcast that we know is so big and has helped so many people. Yeah, like he was starting one of the first of those I.O. podcasts really out there. So he was kind of like, a major market mover for us people out here now doing all these podcasts. It's really interesting too to get to talk to him about that and hearing some of his ideas. I feel like we gave some of our listeners some great ideas out there. So if you guys heard something and you really liked it, go ahead and do it because like we're all out here for the same thing to try and grow this field. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we're hoping that this podcast reaches like so many people who don't know about IO um, and hopefully it's helping out a lot of people. Uh, we, I want to say one thing, uh, make sure that we're having a website come out in the near future, which by near future, I mean, hopefully soon, <laughs> um, but that will come out and we'll have hopefully blog posts and other research on IO. Um, so make sure to keep an eye out for that. Yeah, definitely. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll see you guys next week. Yeah, we'll see you next week.